Hey, it's great to be with everybody again. I am so excited today. I can't wait to give you this word. I wanted to give you this word after I was done getting it ready. I, I said to Kelly at home, I'm ready to go. Why can't I just do it now? Let's go to the church now and give this word. I'm so excited to give it. Before I start, though, I have to call out Pastor Mark, Pastor Audra. They're celebrating his 50th birthday. He did. Yeah, 50. Can you imagine that? He wanted me to point out to make him feel better today that I am 60, and he is only 50. And now I'm going to really get him in trouble. He wasn't sure that you heard that Pastor Audra is two years older than him. She's 52. He's only 50. All right. If you're listening now online, Pastor Mark and Pastor Audra, I apologize for Pastor Mark. So, the origin of this word comes from a video that's been played here a couple times over the last 15 years. And I went to it because I wasn't sure what I was going to speak about. I was going to speak about the resurrection, and I will speak about that today. But I watched this video and said, oh, I'm coming at these people today. I am not a preacher, but I am preaching to you today. I'm preaching to you today through the words of Pastor S.M. Lockridge, a preacher in the United States and throughout the world, giving the Great Commission for 50 years, the pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church out in California for 40 years, one church, 40 years. I can't even come close to preaching like him. So I figured... I'll say some words today. I'll give you a message based on his words, but more importantly, the words of Jesus Christ in Matthew 28. More importantly, the words of the Psalm of Psalms, Psalm 23. And you'll hear from Pastor Lockridge at the end of this message. And when you hear from Pastor Lockridge, I expect that you will rise to your feet. I expect that you will celebrate Jesus Christ for who he is. Today, yesterday, in the past, and in the future. He doesn't change. I can't wait for you to hear that word from Pastor Lockridge. It's a word that will shake this building, people. I can't wait for this building to shake. So here's my question for you today. And we'll get the answer in so many different ways. Who is Jesus? Not a complicated question. Pretty simple, direct question to all of you. But as you sit there right now, think to yourself, in your heart, in the depths of your soul, who is Jesus? Let's pray. God, may your word be spoken today with grace, with power, and with humility. May the light of Christ shine brightly in this place. May it shine in our home churches. May it shine online. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, Jesus. Our refuge is in you, Lord. May the Lord of hosts be present here today. May every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord.
In his name I pray, amen. So let me introduce you to Jesus. That sounds a little weird, right? Many of you know him. Many of you know of his journey. So this is a little review of that journey in a nutshell. And let's be very clear about this. Jesus, the Son of God, came down the stairway of heaven and was born in a stall, very humble beginnings, in Bethlehem. Immediately, the Son of God, your Savior, was persecuted. His mom and his dad, Joseph and Mary, had to take him away to Egypt to avoid the deadly persecution of King Herod. Deadly persecution from the time he's an infant. The religious and political leaders of his day are after him. They want to see the Messiah dead. Then, after Herod dies, Jesus returns to the town of Nazareth, where he's raised up by Joseph and Mary. Right before his ministry is to begin, he is brought out into the wilderness and tempted for 40 days. And what does he say? Satan, get behind me. Then his ministry begins. A ministry with a multitude of healing, with many, many miracles that many see. Many believe, but many, especially the religious leaders of his day, the Pharisees, reject him. Understand this. Jesus didn't come to serve the religious leaders of his day. He didn't come to judge or condemn people. He came to serve each and every one of you. And he served with great humility, with grace, with mercy, but with power from his Father. Oh, to be there for that ministry. Well, I say this to you. We are here for his ministry. His kingdom is on earth and it is in heaven. He is alive. If you're a dead man and you come to Christ, you are alive in Christ. What a ministry. And then he goes to do the ultimate sacrificial act. He dies on a cross in Calvary between two thieves, an awful, horrific death. The Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, hangs on a cross for you, for me, for everybody. That's our Jesus. And then three days later is when our lives really begin. Way back in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, what does it say? It says he died on that cross for our transgressions, to save us and heal our wounds. What a day. The earth shook. And Jesus died. Don't you hate to say that? 
I hate to say it. That's not what I obsess about. We have to know it and we have to believe it. But it doesn't end at the cross. In three days, he's resurrected. And here's what Pastor Lockridge says about this. I love this. I listened to a message, two messages actually. One's, that's my king. And the other one is, this is our generation. And he says this in that sermon. It is far better to come up out of the grave than to come down from the cross. And believe me, he came out of that borrowed tomb. We'll talk about that in a minute. So who is this Jesus? We have to understand some meaning before we figure out who Jesus Christ is. First of all, we sung it this morning. We say it all the time. What is Lord? It's part of our daily language, I would hope, when we reverently worship him. Lord is someone who has power and authority over all. That's the Lord. You know what it signifies? It signifies complete ownership. He owns us. The earth is the Lord's and all who dwell in it. He owns the seas. He owns the skies. He owns the rivers. He owns everything that you possess. He's the owner of you. The Lord is a reverent allusion to our God. The Lord is love. The Lord is a rock. The Lord is our salvation, and the Lord is our shepherd. People, you shall not want because you have a shepherd, because you have Jesus Christ. Matthew 28 is something I want to read to you because it gives us the answer as to who Jesus is. And this is all about the resurrection. After the Sabbath, at the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Can you imagine that? They're running, they're full of joy yet full of fear, and they run straight into Jesus, who was three days ago dead. Well, he's alive. He has risen. It goes on. Greetings, Jesus said to them. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, 
Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And then we go down to verse 16, which is the Great Commission. Go and preach the gospel throughout this world, something Pastor Lockridge did a great job of. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Wow, some of them still doubted. They saw his ministry, and now they're seeing the resurrected Jesus, and they still doubt. Then Jesus came to them and said, and here's where your answer lies, All power and authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You know who Jesus Christ is? He's your Lord. That's who he is. Let me say that again. He is your Lord. It's all power and authority is in Jesus. How do you describe the Lord? I think it's really fun. You're going to hear a far better description of him than I can ever give you. But in my old career, I was taught, observe people in a courtroom. And if they're really good at what they do, if they can really speak, if they can persuade you, if you like what they're saying, don't be afraid to steal it. (laughs) If you've seen a great closing argument, and they're using this analogy, and you think it would be wonderful for your case, use it. I can remember one time when I was teaching at the law school and I would bring in students to do jury trials. The first student I ever brought into a jury trial back in 2003, she did a great job. I gave her this argument technique that I would use in front of jurors. As you know, there's a presumption of innocence. We were on the defense side. So in our opening, we would always get up and I would point to Pastor Richie, my client, not that he was ever a client, people. (laughs) And he would have a nice coat on, a suit coat. And we would say to the jury, Pastor Richie, he's clothed in a coat of innocence. And it's the state's job to remove that coat. He is innocent until the coat is removed by the state. And then in the closing, we'd get up and we'd say, take a look at Pastor Richie. What's still on him? And he better still have his coat on. He shouldn't have it on the chair or anything. (laughs) The coat of innocence remains. It may be a little bit tattered and torn based on what you've heard, but he's an innocent man. So these words I'm about to give you, they're not mine, and you'll hear many of them in a much more effective way in just a few minutes. But let's go through who this Jesus is. As you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, who is Jesus? Who is he to me? What would I yell out right now if Charlie Temple said, who's Jesus? Here's what I'd yell out. First of all, I'd point out to you, Jesus, he's indescribable. He's irresistible. He's invincible. Jesus is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is a gateway of glory. He's a pathway of peace. 
He's a highway of holiness, people. He's a doorway of deliverance. And he's a roadway of righteousness. He's an all-sufficient savior to us. He's the centerpiece of civilization. And I could go on and on and on. And you know what? I'm going to go on. He's the son of God. He's the prince of peace. He is our delight. Do you know you should delight in Jesus? You should be so full of joy that you know Jesus. He is your delight. Guess what else he is? He's your redeemer. He's your refuge. He's your strength. He's the Messiah. He's Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's always with you. That's who Jesus is. As Pastor Lockridge says, that's my king. And you'll hear him say that in a much more powerful way in just a minute. And I said this before, and I think this is very important. Jesus Christ is your shepherd. He's walking, and he's a-talking with you every second, every minute of the day. And with this shepherd, you don't need anything else. You have no wants, because he has fulfilled all of them for you. He's your shepherd. Here's a very famous psalm. We all know it well. I remember this psalm, particularly at funerals, unfortunately, when I was just a little kid, and I had no relationship with Jesus. It took me 35 years, because I'm so stubborn, to figure out who this Jesus was and to have a relationship with him. But whether it's five years, 35 years, 80 years, 90 years, it doesn't matter. Because guess what? He's coming for you. He's knocking at your door. If you're here and you don't know him today, there's a reason you're here today, because he's running to you. And all you have to do is open your arms and run right towards him. You have to be like Mary and Mary. Just run with joy. A little fear, too, because people are going to have a reaction to you knowing Jesus. But run to him, and you'll run square into him. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, and he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Did you get that? Yeah. You will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I have a home that I've had for 30 years, 31 actually now. I love my house. It's my refuge here on earth. It's a great place. 
I've raised three children there. I've got four grandchildren and another granddaughter on the way. Yeah, exciting. More than exciting. We're evening up on the granddaughters. That's a good thing. Take over these boys. What a blessing just this week. Another little granddaughter on the way. There's nothing like the words grandpa. I thought dad was fantastic. Grandpa blows you right away. But I digress. We don't have to go down that path. You have homes. My home, I don't ever want to leave it. Oh, but I'm leaving it. Yeah. My home, I'm only there, as the Bible says, like a vapor. I'm there, and then I'm gone. My real home, where I'm going to dwell, it's in the house of the Lord. Yeah. It's not like a vapor. It's not going to snap away like that. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what? There'll be no tears. There'll be no disease, no cancer, no diabetes, nothing like that. There'll be pure joy. Someday I'll be there and Richie will have his guitar and we'll worship all day long. Yeah. I can't be on this worship team. I'd never qualify for it. But I can be on that worship team in the house of the Lord. I can't wait. The whole worship team will be with me. John will be on the organ, and his organ will never break. There'll never be a problem with it. We'll be in the house of the Lord. Wow. Take that in. So I take you back, as I close here, to a borrowed tomb. Can you believe that, by the way? A borrowed grave. What did I just tell you? He's our Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. He's the Lord. And do you know where they bury him? In a borrowed tomb, purchased by this rich guy named Joseph. But it's not Jesus' tomb. It's a borrowed tomb. He comes in to life in a stall, and he's gone out of life, and he's in a borrowed grave. Here's what Pastor Lockridge says about that. You're really depressed? You're really concerned that he's in a borrowed grave? I'm not. He was only using it for three days. He doesn't need his own tomb. He conquered death. He rose from the dead. And no one should have been surprised because it, he told everybody he'd be back in three days. And sure enough, he was back. Oh, the sting of death was gone on that magical, spiritual day. Jesus is the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, you are a pearl from the paradise of heaven. You are our healer, our redeemer, and our comforter. You are our savior, Lord Jesus. We can't outlive you, Lord and we can't live without you. May all of us dwell in your house forever. And may goodness and mercy and love and grace and all that you have for us follow all of us 
for all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, in the Lord's name, I pray. So as I said before, and in conclusion, the Lord is standing at your door and he's knocking. Every day he's knocking. Whether you know him well or whether you don't know him at all, he's knocking. He wants to be with you each and every day. And you know what? He doesn't want anyone to perish. So as Nikki sung, run to the Father. Run to Jesus. It's never too late. It's never too early. The time of salvation is always right in the eyes of your Lord. And a day is coming, people, when he is coming back. Hallelujah. And every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord. And if you're sitting there and you're not quite believing what I'm saying, because after all, it's just me. I'm not even a pastor. I'm definitely not a preacher. I'm just like everybody sitting here. But I've been given this blessing, this opportunity by a pastor of this church who allows other people to speak. I want to give you my closing argument today. Done many of these, usually just to 12 people. Seen now hundreds of these. See them all the time, except during COVID. We're about to start one March 1st. Thank you, Jesus. We're back. So I, I can only give closing arguments to 12 people. I can't give them to this many people and all the people online and all the people at church. So you know who's going to give my closing today? I introduce to you Pastor S.M. Lockridge. I think you should all raise to your feet for this one. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges death.
He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway.